This is an answer to a question that I think is still hands down the most commonly asked question that I get, which was, how did you balance training for the CrossFit Games and going to medical school at the same time? And so we're going to kind of take that as inspiration. We're going to talk to you a little bit about how we have developed a system to organize our lives over the past probably 10 years of knowing each other, 10 plus years. Um, And we want you to note that this has evolved um, greatly year to year and will continue to evolve. It's just the way that we do it right now. But we're hoping maybe it'll give you some ideas for how you want to structure your own lives or little tips that maybe can make things easier for you. Hello, and welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Dr. Julie Fouché-Urcuyo, family medicine resident and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, my husband, Dr. Danny, and I bring you information and inspiration to help bridge the gap between fitness and medicine and support your journey toward your healthiest self. This episode is one of our Pursuing Health Pearls. In medicine, we refer to clinical pearls as small bits of freestanding information relevant to clinical practice, usually based on experience. Pursuing Health Pearls are shorter episodes in which Danny and I offer you succinct, high-yield info on common health conditions or other topics. We do want to make it clear that this podcast is for general information only and does not provide medical advice. We recommend that you seek assistance from your personal physician for any health conditions or concerns. With that, let's get started with this week's episode. You may have noticed that we've moved away from having sponsors on the podcast. This was an intentional decision and one that Danny and I thought long and hard about. As we begin our careers as family physicians, we feel very strongly about our responsibility to remain as unbiased as possible in order to foster trust with our community and our future patients. Therefore, we've made the decision not to accept any sponsorship or endorsement compensation from industry from this point forward. That being said, in order to continue to produce great content for you here and on our new website, pursuing-health.com, we've created a subscription model. Almost all of the podcast content will remain completely free, but we will offer some additional benefits for subscribers with the goal of getting back far more than you give. For less than the cost of a latte each month, subscribers will benefit from exclusive discount codes. We want you to continue to benefit from our unfiltered opinion about products and services on the market without you wondering whether we're receiving compensation behind the scenes. So, Rather than receiving endorsement or sponsorship compensation from companies ourselves, we're asking that those companies that we love, trust, and use ourselves provide an exclusive discount code to our subscribers. This will allow companies to pass along the value of our endorsement to you all without you having to wonder whether we're talking about them just because we're getting paid. We already have a great lineup of discounts and will only continue to add to this list as time goes on. It is our hope that if you use even one or two of these codes, your subscription should pay for itself. Subscribers will also benefit from the opportunity to contribute questions and listen to periodic exclusive Ask Us Anything podcast episodes with both Danny and I. Finally, subscribers will gain access to our Morning 5 sessions, five-minute movement sessions created to jumpstart your day as well as our other online training programs depending on your monthly contribution. In addition to our long-standing Train with Julie Fouché program designed for more experienced athletes, we've also created Train for Life, a 30-minute, five-day-per-week program that can be done with minimal equipment at home or on the go. So if you listen to Pursuing Health and have found the podcast to have positively impacted your life in some way, 
It would mean a lot to us if you would consider subscribing at pursuing-health.com forward slash subscribe. Again, that's pursuing-health.com forward slash subscribe. Welcome back to Pursuing Health Pearls. Hello, hello. In this episode, we thought we would take on a little bit of a lighter topic than we've taken the last couple Pearls episodes. But this is an answer to a question that I think is still hands down the most commonly asked question that I get, which was, how did you balance training for the CrossFit Games and going to medical medical school at the same time? And so we're going to kind of take that as inspiration. We're going to talk to you a little bit about how we have developed a system to organize our lives over the past probably 10 years of knowing each other, 10 plus years. Um, and we want you to note that this has evolved um, greatly year to year and will continue to evolve. It's just the way that we do it right now. But we're hoping maybe it'll give you some ideas for how you want to structure your own lives or little tips that maybe can make things easier for you. So first, we're going to talk big picture about how we've learned the importance of identifying our mission, our vision, and setting goals. And then we'll get into some of the nitty gritty of some of the tools and the technology that we use that allows us to put this into practice in our day to day. And then we'll talk about implementation. So what do we do on a daily and weekly basis to make our goals a reality? Um, so maybe you'll find something useful for yourself. Maybe you'll just listen to this and think that we are completely neurotic, but <laughs> that's okay. We're going to tell you anyways. So it works for us, right? <laughs> yeah. So before we dive in, Julie mentioned identifying our vision, mission, and goals. And this is something that we can't stress enough. It, it's so important to know where we're headed and what our um, objective is before we really dive into implementation. Mm-hmm. And that's something we learned the hard way. At least I learned the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but for me, I really learned it during that first year when I was trying to balance med school and training. And I got into sort of the hard part of the year where it was just the daily grind. And I found myself really struggling. I was really depressed. I was crying all the time. I wasn't enjoying training. And I took a step back and realized I had never really asked myself that question of what's my why? Why do I want to train? Why do I want to compete in the CrossFit Games? And it was something I had asked myself, you know, when I applied to med school, everybody writes a personal statement and you really have to think about why do you want to go into medicine? Why do you want to be a doctor? But I had never done the same thing in terms of why did I want to train for the Games? And I found that going through that process and answering that question for myself and really honing in on what my why was instantly, it was like a light switched and training was fun again. I was enjoying life. I ended up having my best finish ever at the CrossFit Games that year. So ever since that, you know, really identifying and connecting with our why has been something that's been really important to us. And it it gives us basically a place, sort of a compass in terms of thinking about all the things that we do in our lives. Yeah. And I think that really set the stage for our first brainstorming session, which we did yeah. um, during our honeymoon, our first honeymoon. Our first honeymoon. <laughs> There's a story behind that too. <laughs> we'll give you the short version. Yeah, but. <laughs> so what happened was we were getting ready to, to go on our first honeymoon, our, our only honeymoon we thought at the time. <laughs> this um, was to, about maybe a month after our wedding. So yeah. there had been some time that passed. Yeah. So we were getting our, our travel documents ready and I realized that my passport expired. Yeah. We, I think it was late at night. We were packing last yeah. minute. We it was maybe like leave. five hours from our yeah, flight Yeah. We were departure. supposed to leave yeah. for the airport at like 4.30 in the morning or something like that. And we realized 
Yeah. Your passport's expired. I was crushed. I was so sad. <laughs> it was really But we sad. made the best of it. So we ended up taking a trip down to the Blue Ridge Mountains, ended up renting mm-hmm. a cabin, spent a week up there hiking, just enjoying nature, and really implementing what you had talked about previously about identifying our purpose and our mission and our our why we're doing the things that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Kind of as a couple. As a couple, right. So, you know, we, we, you identify that for yourself, but I think creating a mission statement for mm-hmm. us together was really, really helpful. And the way we went about this was thinking about what our lives, um, what we were hoping that our lives were going to be like in, you know, five to 10 to potentially even 20 years. So we have kind of a foundation of what we're working towards together. Mm-hmm. And that was really powerful because it allowed us to reflect and potentially challenge some of the the preconceptions we had about our future. Do we mm-hmm. really want these these things now that we're mm-hmm. together and, and mm-hmm. identifying our goals together? And thinking about it differently, you know, maybe there are certain things you think that your life is going to be, certain ways you think your life is going to be 20 years from now, but is that just because that's how, you know, your parents' lives were mm-hmm. or your life was when you were growing up or is that what you really want? And it allowed us to take a step back and think a little bit bigger, identify with that why and then how does that play out in, in terms of what our lives look like? far in the future yeah yeah so we developed this you know grand 20-year vision and it was you know it's not very granular you, you have mm-hmm. kind of concepts or way that you want to live your life that you can shoot for and then what we did is we made 10-year goals five-year goals three-year goals one-year goals and we did that for both kind of our professional mm-hmm. lives but also our personal lives what do we want our family lives to be like mm-hmm. and, and we then, looked at a bunch of different domains so right. we made you know work career goals goals for our home or our family, financial goals, spiritual goals, personal health goals, and then relationships. And those are kind of the different domains that we split our goals into. Yeah. And there's many other ways you can split it um, Mm -hmm. as well. But yeah, so we took those, those different domains, those different goals. um, And then we made, you know, again, those five, three, one-year goals. And then we took those one-year goals and made 90-day goals to Mm -hmm. really make it as granular as possible. And now, we're at a place where we look at those 90 day goals on a quarterly basis mm-hmm. um, and then design our, you know, our three months around those, those mm-hmm. goals. And so, you know, the bigger, the bigger goals, like the 10, five, three year goals end up being somewhat broad just because a lot's going to change in that time. But once we get down to the 90 day goals, they, we get really granular on right. them. So for example, you know, for me coming up is taking my board exam. So it's not just, you know, pass the board exam. It's thinking about what are all the steps that have to go into making that happen. Like I have to register for the board exam. I have to schedule it. I have to gather all the study materials that I need. I have to make a study plan and then I have to schedule that time to stick to my study plan in. Um, Maybe there's going to be, you know, some sort of dress rehearsal of finding out where the place is. I don't know if I'm going to get that detailed because (laughs) this is my last board exam. I've done this a few times, but all those little steps that have to go into it, we try to be really granular with our goals. Once you get down into those 90 day goals, Mm-hmm. And we revisit this process on a yearly basis. So that was the first time we did it right after, you know, we had got married on our first honeymoon and we did end up t- taking a second honeymoon later. So we rescheduled our Antigua trip to spring break. Which worked out nice. It worked out perfectly because for us, I think this is what we needed at the time. It was in the fall. It was great for us to just spend time together, be in nature, do this kind of goal setting foundation for our relationship or our our marriage. And then in the spring, when the weather was bad here in Ohio, we got to go to a beautiful place and enjoy another honeymoon. So it worked out for the best. Yeah, (laughs) There's always a silver lining, but we, now we revisit this process on a yearly basis. So we go back and we review, okay, what's our 10 to 20 year vision now? How has it changed as we've developed as people and our trajectory has maybe changed a little bit? 
um, we really hone back in on what are our, what's our why, what's our mission, what are our personal values. We refine those and then we reset in all of those 10, 5, 3, one year goals and then back into the 90 day goals. And it no longer, we should say this, it no longer takes about a week to do. Yeah. Now we're much more efficient at it. We know kind of what we're trying to get out of it. And we can probably go through it in a day or two. Yeah, but there is a process too. And I think right. it's always good to spend time reflecting at least once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dr. Janice, who is a sports psychologist that I worked with while I was competing in the games, um, and he's been on the podcast before, he always used to say, you know, take one hour a week, one day a month, and one week a year to really focus on your vision and your goal setting. And I think there's a lot of value in that because we're always busy, busy doing the the actual things. But if you just take a little bit of time and step back and look at the big picture, then you can make sure that the things that you're doing are actually the things that you want to be doing. And they're mm-hmm. setting you up to achieve the things that you want to achieve and live in a way that's consistent with your values and that vision that you see for your life 10 or 20 years down the road. Right. So we want to talk a little bit about the types of goals that we set. So you know, there's obviously task oriented goals, which are mm-hmm. things that you could just check off. Like for example, taking my board exam, once it's done, I'll check it off and it won't be on my list anymore. But there's also habit based goals. And these are things that, you know, are personal habits that we want to make sure we implement on a daily basis or a weekly basis that we think are important in terms what you know, a lot of them have to do with health, mm-hmm. um, but that we think are important in order to, again, help us achieve that 10, 20 year future mission right down the road. So over the years we've really refined this list. You know, we're always working on developing new habits, getting rid of old bad habits. But we've we have kind of two different lists. We have our non-negotiables, which are the habits that we know we need to do on a weekly basis just to stay sane and to kind of be ourselves. And then there's the, you know, ideal habits in terms of if we had a perfect schedule and we have lots of time, these are all the things that we would like to do that we think would be something to good strive for. Us. Exactly. And so yeah. then usually most weeks we fall somewhere in between, but at least we know what those non-negotiables are and that bare minimum that we really need to stick to in order to kind of stay sane. Yeah. So those include getting eight hours of sleep. We've realized that that's very much a non-negotiable that if we don't get our eight hours mm-hmm. of sleep, everything else falls apart. And, you know, in a perfect world, we'll probably do better with maybe eight and a half, nine hours of sleep, but we're good sleepers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we do need our, we do need our eight hours. And it's not always possible. Like, you know, no. being in residency, sometimes you're on call, you don't get the eight hours of sleep. So it's not always possible, but it's something that when we can, we really do try to protect that time in terms of our bedtime and our wake up time mm-hmm. to make sure we can get the sleep that we need. Yeah, Absolutely. Same goes for workouts too. Mm-hmm. You both you and I get pretty cranky if we don't that is get our workouts. True. And we found that really three days a week is our absolute bare minimum. Two mm-hmm. days a week we start to get a little crabby. Yeah. One day a week we're definitely crabby. Three <laughs> days a week you don't want to or zero days a week you don't want to be around us. So right. three days a week um is, is our bare minimum. Again, we shoot for five, maybe we land at four. And mm-hmm. that's that's it's really goes really well for us. And again, we've learned that the hard way. So, you right. know, I've gone weeks, like two weeks. I remember when I started residency, I went two weeks without doing a single sweat mm-hmm. and I was depressed. Yeah. It was not good. Yeah. So, you know, we, again, we learn this, we kind of titrate as we go, but for us right now, three days a week minimum is what we know we have to get in. Mm-hmm. And we keep each other accountable and you're like, Hey, you're getting pretty crabby. Why don't you, why don't yeah. you go work out? Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes we say it nicer. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Why don't you just go yeah. try working out and see how you feel? Um, we also really have put in a lot of focus and try to protect time for our relationship because mm-hmm. we feel like that's the foundation 
And so for us, date nights have been really important. And we try to make sure we at least have one date night a week where it's just the two of us. You know, we're able to completely chill. We don't have any agenda. We're not doing anything productive. Um, and it's it's something that's difficult for us because we do work together on so many things. And obviously, we're both in medicine and there's always things that we want to talk about that have to do with work. But, mm-hmm. you know, having that time that is just we can talk about anything. It is just the two of us hanging out has been really, really beneficial. And it's something I think we've worked hard to try to protect, yeah. especially in those busy times. Yeah, at least once a week. Usually it's more than that. But that that bare minimum is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've also done something this year, which has, I think, made a huge impact for our mm-hmm. relationship. Um, we started almost a year ago. Yeah. As we yeah. saw, kind of, we knew this year was going to be a big year of transition for us with me finishing residency and then us moving into the next phase of our lives. And we're always talking about how we're huge fans of counseling and being proactive about our health, whether it's our physical health or our mental health. Mm -hmm. And so we said, you know, we know that there's going to be a lot of transitions this year. Why don't we just start working with a counselor and just see if we can, you know, strengthen up our relationship, our communication, make sure that we have the best tools to be able to do this together. And it's really been great. Um, You know, I think that we think most times we go into the sessions and we're like, you know, we're doing pretty good. Our relationship <laughs> is great. You know, I think we, we don't have much to work on, but we always come out of it having learned something about each other, having learned a different strategy, being able to, to kind of learn more about the other person's perspective and how they think and why they do the things that they do. So that has been really beneficial for us over the last year. And it's also um, helped us kind of analyze how we think about certain things, challenge mm-hmm. some of the... Um, the preconceptions we had, the way that we think about the world, the worldview that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's some kind of individual growth as well that goes on there that isn't just um, revolving Mm -hmm. around the relationship. So we can't can't recommend counseling enough, even if things are going really, really well. Yeah, right. Think about it. You don't wait to start working out until you get high blood pressure and diabetes, right? Right, exactly. You want to start working out when you're healthy and then use that as a buffer for whenever life throws something your way. And it's the exact same when it comes to mental health. Like, don't wait till a relationship is hanging on by a thread to start counseling. Do it now, build up those skills. And then, you know, when you get encounter challenges, which we most definitely will throughout mm-hmm. the course of our lives, we're going to be stronger for it. Absolutely. So that's been a good plus and something that we do use as a non-negotiable. It's something we schedule in. We used to do it every week. Now we do it every other week. Um, and then last non-negotiable is our morning routine. And mm-hmm. again, this can be condensed down to a few minutes or it can be expanded <laughs> depending on the time we have, but some sort of morning routine is definitely a non-negotiable for us. Yeah. And for us, that includes movement, um, some sort of meditative practice, be it headspace, calm, whatever. And then sometimes we include prayer in that too. And that's been really helpful for us to set the tone of the day. I've personally realized that, you know, it's a decision every morning when I wake up. Do I want to have a good day or a bad day? <laughs> do I want to do my morning routine or do I not want to do my morning routine? It has that big of an impact on on how my day goes. So it you know it doesn't have to be as structured as that. It can be as simple as just sitting for five minutes or writing in a gratitude journal or something like that. Mm-hmm. But doing some sort of routine in the morning can be really powerful to set the tone for the day. Absolutely. So we also wanted to credit where a lot of the inspiration and ideas came from for this process that we have developed ourselves um, or that's worked for ourselves for the last few years and that we're constantly evolving and improving on. But one of the books that we both read early on that's had a huge impact on us was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Franklin Covey, which is just such a classic. It never gets old. And it's something that I think everyone should have to read at least every couple of years because 
you know, it's things that are so important, but we often forget. So that has had a big impact on us. Um, one that we read around the time of that first honeymoon was yeah. The Way of the Seal by Mark Devine, which also influenced us a lot. I know, Danny, you've read Essentialism by Greg McCowan, which yes. has had a big impact. Amazing book. Very powerful. And I have not read the whole thing myself. I've listened to parts of it, but I completely buy into the principles. Um, and then I've been influenced a lot by Tony Robbins. I did one of his seminars in 2015, and he's been another influence, I think, when it comes to just really setting big goals and dreaming big and then getting right down into making that your reality. All right. So we've talked about big picture stuff, about mission, vision, purpose, goal setting. Now let's get into some of the tools that we found over the, the nitty years. Gritty. Yes. <laughs> the technology, the tools, the things that now allow us to put this into our everyday lives. So the first one we wanted to talk about was Asana, which is a project management program, which sounds so official, but it is literally <laughs> the best, most awesome to-do list that you have ever found. So <laughs> we use it a lot. We use it for everything. Um, we've been using it for many years, but I would say at least within the last year, we've really stepped up our game in terms of how we're leveraging it. Mm-hmm. And it really has been a game changer for us. And it was originally designed as a project management tool for for companies, mm-hmm. but they do have a free version that you can use that works has all the you know capabilities that we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, and it is really useful even just to manage your your household. So it does sound very big and mm-hmm. audacious and this big you know complex program, but it is something that you can use and that doesn't have so many bells and whistles that it's unusable. Yeah, it's basically what I like to think or the way that I like to think about it is it allows you to just dump everything that you're thinking about in your brain into this program um, and you know that you're never going to forget it. It's going to be it's going to come right back up to you at the appropriate time. So, you know, you can make projects for different categories. So we have projects for things like home and family and finances and residency, personal health. And then you can schedule whatever tasks you have in there. You set due dates, you assign them to people, and then they pop back up when it's time. So for example, if you have bills that are paid maybe once or twice a year and you don't want to forget when that due date is, you just schedule it you know, around that time frame and it's going to pop back up. Birthdays, it's really great for birthdays because now that I'm not going on Facebook all the time, you know, I sometimes will forget when people's birthdays are. <laughs> and so this is a great way for me to just put them in there maybe a week ahead to remember, hey, this person's birthday is coming up. Um, And then we really use it on a kind of a daily, weekly basis to schedule in those, you know, all those tasks that went into our 90 day goals of how are we going to schedule this on our week. So each Danny and I have a board that basically has a column for each day of the week. And that's where we kind of shuffle around. Here's all the tasks we have to do this week and then what days they're going to fit into. Yeah, that works really well because it allows us to be flexible. Um, When we when we put all of our tasks into Asana too, it really liberates um, our minds, I think. And it really reduces our anxiety quite a bit. You're not waking up in the middle of the night or Mm -hmm. right when you're, you know, getting ready for bed, you're thinking, oh crap, I forgot to do this. I need Mm -hmm. to write this down. All that stuff is already in Asana and it just helps kind of unload your brain so you can really, you know, have downtime where things aren't, aren't popping up. Absolutely. And if you do think of something that you need to jot down, it's really easy. So there's an app. So you know, I have it on my phone. If I think of something I need to do during the day, I, you know, open the app, literally you like press and hold down and it will take a voice memo of the task you want to do. And for me, it files it into a little folder. That's all of my incoming to do's. And then at the end of the day or next time I sit down on my computer, I just 
shuffle those into the appropriate folder or the day of the week that I want to be reminded of them. So it's really easy. I also have a little column that I put like things to read or things to watch. You know, if I come across something that looks really interesting and I want to remember to watch it or read it later, then I just plop it in there. And next time I have some downtime, then I kind of go through that list. It's really our second brain, I would say. It is. It is. <laughs> it gives me so much peace just to know like, okay, it's in the Asana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be okay. So like we said, there's there's definitely premium versions of this, but there are there's a free version of it too that really offers all the capabilities that we just talked about. So check it out. It's definitely not the only project management tool out there, but it's one that we really, really like. Yeah. And again, you know, remember, we do not have any relationship with Asana. No. For any companies that we're going to be talking about today, that's one of the beauties of doing our subscriber program is that we're free to talk about any companies and kind of give you our honest opinion. So this is just something we genuinely use all the time. We find right. it to be super valuable. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to tell you about it. Yeah. Um, all right. Ne what's the next one? Yeah. So we've got all of our stuff dumped into Asana, right? All the tasks, we have them categorized um, for the week and then 90 days and potentially even further out. Um, now we need to put kind of pedal to the metal here and figure out what we're going to do during the week. Um, how are we going to spend our time? How we're going to spend our time. And the way we do that is with Google Calendar. Mm -hmm. I think I've been using it since, I think since I started college. I think yeah. I had like the, you know, a lot of people stick with the paper planners. I know yeah. there's people who are very committed to like pen to paper planners still. But I switched over in early college to Google Calendar and I have not looked back and, and I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. And like Julie said, there's tons of different ways to do this. You can use, you know, Apple Calendar or whatever mm -hmm. the iCal, I guess is what they call it. There's a million. Yeah, there's a million of them. But the way we kind of integrate this with the tasks that we've made in Asana is that we take that, you know, the, the tasks that are in that day of the week in Asana, and then we transpose them into Google Calendar and assign a certain amount of time for each task. Mm -hmm. And that way everything is scheduled out. And it also allows us to see you know, were we realistic with what we were trying to accomplish on that particular day or are we just trying to cram too much into one day? Mm -hmm. And it also protects um, the time with, with our families, mm -hmm. um, our downtime, because you'll see that, okay, gosh, is it really reasonable for me to work a 14-hour day? No, of course it's not. Mm -hmm. That's not at all realistic to do every single day. So that gives you some guidance um, in how you want to structure your day so you can structure downtime as well and be more effective in the long run. Yeah. And and it also, again, gives you some peace to know, like, this is what I'm, I made a plan. This is what I'm supposed to be spending my time on right now. Mm -hmm. So I can really stay focused on it and know that I have, you know, time later to relax or time to spend with my family or date night or whatever it is, work out. It's all there. So you don't have to stress about all the other things you have to do today. You just kind of go through your day, follow the plan and things come up, you know, things take longer than you expect, you just adjust, right. you know, you can just right. readjust. And we can't stress enough to be conservative in what you want to accomplish in a particular day, because there is a psychology that goes on as well that overlays all of this, where if you put too many tasks on your plate each day and you don't accomplish those tasks, you feel really defeated every day. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, not something that's motivating and is not going to help you implement this practice in, in the long run. So it's better to be more conservative, pick, you know, three, four, five, potentially things that you want to accomplish that day, check them off, you feel good. And then if you have extra time, awesome, then tackle those additional act, uh, events or, or tasks that you need to do. Yeah, it's so much of a better feeling at the end of the day to be like, okay, I did all the big things that yeah. were very important for me to do today, and I can check those off and feel good about it. Yeah. All right. The next one that we use is a budgeting app, and it's called You Need a Budget, or for short, YNAB, Y-N-A-B. Um, it's something that we have started using more recently, but we found it to be really, really beneficial 
Um, I, you know, we've used other budgeting software in the past. Mm -hmm. And I also had this really neurotic spreadsheet, which I would, (laughs) you know, use to try to figure out where all of our long-term savings money was being allotted to being able to, you know, account for those big purchases that would come up a couple times a year or the vacations or the big bills that you pay, like your car insurance, your medical insurance or things like that. But this basically does everything for you, which is amazing. And it's very proactive. So essentially the, you know, the principle behind it is that you're giving every dollar a job. So Mm -hmm. just like with the Google calendar, you're really giving every minute of the day a job and kind of sticking to that plan. You're doing the same thing with the budgeting software. So you're giving every dollar that you currently have a job. You're saying this is going to be spent on this, whether it's six months from now or whether it's this month. And then you're never budgeting or you're never spending money that you don't actually have. So it makes things very clear. Again, it gives us a lot of a sense of peace to know we have a plan. Mm -hmm. You know, we're thinking about things ahead of time. We can budget for things that we really want and not feel guilty about spending on them. And so that's been a huge, um, huge asset for us. Again, they have great, um, you know, it's a really fun sort of software to use. They have great tutorial videos. It was relatively easy to figure out how to use. And they do have a nice 34 day free trial. I'm not sure why they chose 34 (laughs) days, but I'm sure there's a reason for it. Um, And then once you finish that free trial, it's $11 a month or $84 for the year, which I think we find well worthwhile. You know, they have stats on, you know, how much money people generally save once they start budgeting. So I think for most people, you're going to end up saving more because of how intelligently you're budgeting than you're going to spend on the software. All right. Another one is a technique. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about, you know, our money and making sure that we we use our money responsibly. We give a a job to each dollar. Um, Now let's talk about how we give each minute a value and how do we... um, implement that on a regular basis and make sure that it's sustainable and that we keep going. So one of these ways that we do that is called the Pomodoro technique, mm-hmm. um, which is a very, it's an older technique. It's really straightforward. Essentially what you do is you work for 25 minutes, then you take a three to five minute break, and then you repeat that cycle for four rounds. And then after the fourth um, 25 minute interval, mm-hmm. um, you take a longer break, 15 to 30 minutes. And then you repeat that, you know, however long you need to work that day. And it's, you know, there's lots of different devices that you can you can buy or apps that mm-hmm. do this for you. But we found it to be really effective because it's very, um, you, you can do things in a lot more sustainable way, specifically activities that are very cognitively taxing where you really have to focus. Things like studying, I know you used it when you studied for your boards. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that really requires a lot of brain power, this is a way to um, to stay focused on that activity for longer periods mm-hmm. of time. Yeah, it was something that I first heard of when I was in med school and I did use it when I was studying for my early step boards. And especially when you're, like you said, when you're doing stuff that requires a lot of focus and attention or that's very repetitive, like you're studying for eight hours a day, Mm -hmm. you know, it's easy to start spending, taking time to check your phone or check your email or get distracted. But what this does is it allows you to focus, you know, 25 minutes. I'm focused on the task at hand, knowing I get a break coming up and then you can use that break to refresh and then get right back into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's been really, really great for us. And it's, you know, we make, we draw a lot of parallels, but it's basically like Tabata training or interval tra- interval training that we do to work out. It's the same sort of thing. You know, you're going to have much more intense focus time of work if you have that built in rest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all about the long game. Yeah. 
So another strategy that we use is outsourcing. So this is something that we started doing early on. We got great advice from a couple when we were in med school, we were getting, you know, getting ready to get married. And they said, number one thing you have to do is invest in a cleaning service. When you, you know, first decide to live together or get married, they're like, it will save you more arguments. It will relieve more stress on your relationship. It's 100% worth it. And we took their advice and I'm so glad that we did. And at the time, of course, we're both in med school. You know, we are not making any money. And a lot of people might say, well, you know, maybe that wasn't a smart move Mm -hmm. when it's something that we could have done ourselves. But I'm really glad that we did. And and I think it's an attitude that we've tried to bring to other areas of our lives as we've been able to afford outsourcing in other areas, because then we know that we're spending our time on things that we really care about and that are really important to us. So. You know, over the years, we've also done that with things like yard work, Instacart. I know Danny's a huge fan of Instacart <laughs> and getting rid of that grocery shopping time, um, meal delivery. So in the past, we've done various meal delivery programs, um, Sun Basket, one where they kind of deliver the ingredients and you right. make your meals yourself. So again, you're just eliminating the extra time, like the shopping, the preparing, things like that. So you can still you know, we could still make a meal together with our sun basket, but we weren't doing a lot of the extra stuff that we don't necessarily enjoy. Yeah. And it's removing all the things that may be getting in the way of you accomplishing that even 20 year vision, right? Mm -hmm. So things that might slow you down. So looking at things in the context of the bigger picture is really, really helpful. And then, you know, deciding what your priorities are. I know you mentioned that already, but thinking of it from this way, like, is it, do you want a nicer car or do you want to have a little bit more free time and potentially hire a cleaning service or, mm-hmm. or get your groceries through Instacart? And those are some of the decisions that you, you have to make for yourself and, and as a family. Um, and I think just in general, for the things that we do do, obviously we can't outsource everything and right. it's been a process for us, you know, to be able to incorporate more and more. But um, other advice that we got early on before we got married was about just being really clear upfront about mm-hmm. divide, how we're going to divide and conquer the housework. Yeah. You know, the things like who's going to manage the finances, who's going to do laundry, who's going to take out the trash, stuff like that. And, you know, it doesn't have to be the same every week or all the time. It can change week to week. But just being clear up front about who's doing what mm-hmm. is really helpful so that you don't end up in the moment sort of resenting each other for like, oh, why haven't you started the dishes yet? Or I thought you were doing this this week. And it just eliminates a lot of headache, I think, if you kind of assign those things up front. It's all about planning. If you haven't realized, we're very big planners. (laughs) We're planners. (laughs) All right. So we talked about the tools. Now let's talk about implementation. Yeah. So we talked, we'll kind of go through this from a yearly, 90-day, weekly basis, and then eventually a daily basis, what we do every single day. So I'll start with yearly, and then you can take it from there. From a yearly perspective, we talked about this already. We try to take our 20-year vision or 10-year vision, make five-year goals, three, two, and one. Um, and then with those one-year goals, we make those 90-day goals. Mm-hmm. And we do that, like Danny said, on a yearly basis. It doesn't take us as long now, but we also are always revisiting that vision. We're always revisiting you know, what went well last year. What are some of the things that we accomplished that we're proud of? What are the, some of the things that we want to improve for the next year? Adjusting mission, values, things like that. Where it's always constantly a work in progress and then honing in on those goals. So once we have our one-year goals, basically every quarter we're revisiting those and we're breaking them down into goals for the next upcoming 90 days. Um, And in those sessions, we again, review and update our mission, our vision, our values, reflect on the previous quarter. And then we try to really make these granular goals for the next 90 days. 
And those 90-day goals then become what drives us on our week-to-week basis. So every week we sit down and we, again, are connecting with that mission, vision, values. Again, we kind of repeat this, but this is something that's important for us to do every day, really. And then anytime we're revisiting our goals, because there's a lot to be said for connecting with that, visualizing it, um, in actually making it happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we look at those 90-day goals, things that need to be accomplished, and we plug those into Asana. So now they're in there. So no, we don't have to worry about, we don't have to stress about them because they're in Asana. And on a weekly basis, we then pull those tasks and we kind of schedule them out based on like, you know, when over the course of 90 days, we think these things need to be accomplished. And then every week we're looking at, okay, here's the things I need to accomplish this week. I'm going to pull them into my Asana board, shuffle them around. Okay. What can I do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all the days of the week. And then once we have that, then we go to fill in our Google calendar. And on the Google calendar, number one is we always schedule our non-negotiables first. Mm-hmm. So this is things like sleep, like bedtime, wake up time, workouts, date night, you know, counseling sessions. These things we just make as recurring events on our Google Calendar so that we know they're going to be there every week. They're non-negotiables. They're not movable. And then around that is where we schedule out those blocks of time for all of our tasks that come up on our Asana board. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I, I can't highlight this enough, the, the power of putting those non-negotiables in first, because we get, I've, I found when we first were getting used to this process, I would get really tempted into doing the the things that I needed to get done first, you know, or putting them on the calendar first and mm-hmm. then seeing, okay, do I have enough time to work out this week? Do I have enough time to get my eight hours of sleep? Which right. is kind of backwards, but just flipping that around is just so powerful. And mm-hmm. even though, you know, there might be days where you need, might need to sacrifice certain things, just having it there first is really helpful. I think so too. It's like that classic seven habits. It's putting first things first. Yeah. It's you know, putting the things that are really important and that are habits that are going to get you where you want to be 10, 20 years from now mm-hmm. and making those non-negotiables and not letting your day fill up with those urgent things that are inevitably going to be there. Right. Exactly. All right. So we have our calendar. Now, yeah. how do we go we're, through each day? Yeah. We're ready <laughs> for the week. So each day we start with a morning huddle. Um, and this is really, again, another quick check-in so we can identify with our mission and our core values. This takes usually, what, like 30 seconds, 60 seconds? The whole huddle, maybe like less than five no, minutes. No, no, I mean the, the review of the mission and Oh, and, and, yeah, and, yeah, really values. quick. It's really, really quick. But again, puts that in the forefront of our mind that that's really what we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Then we, we review three things that we're grateful for just to set the tone for the day. Um, review previous day's work and, and look for ways to improve. So reflecting on, okay, this worked yesterday. What can I do today? That may be a little bit different mm-hmm. um, to really optimize um what we're doing that week. And then we we touch base. We see what each person is doing that day and try to coordinate with each other so that everyone's on the same page. So again, that we're communicating consistently and then also deciding on when we're going to eat dinner together mm-hmm. or what time we're going to go to bed so that, um, again, there's a rhythm to the day and mm-hmm. everyone's on the same page and, and we can be productive. Absolutely. And that's something that Typically, we would do actually while we're driving to work. So mm-hmm. like each of us would be in our, our cars and we'll call each other and we'll go through this on our drive to work. But you could do it at any point um, that makes sense during the morning. Right. Right. And then at the end of the day, we usually do some sort of evening check in. So usually at the end of each work day, um, I'm going to go into my asana. I'm going to check off the tasks that I got done that day. If there's ones that I didn't get done, I'm going to reschedule those, shuffle around my calendar, maybe for the next couple of days or the rest of the week as needed. Um, and then 
something that we always do before we go to bed, and I've talked about this before, is our three wins. Dan Sullivan. <laughs> yeah, which helps us to really focus in on, you know, three positive things that happened during the day because we found that so many times we were going to bed and we were thinking, oh, I didn't get this done. This was definitely in the phase of trying to schedule too much in one day. <laughs> you know, then you feel defeated. You're like, oh, I didn't get this done. I need you this tomorrow. And we wanted to go to bed, you know, on more of a positive note. So we always finish our day with three wins, three things that we are, you know, happy about or proud of mm-hmm. that happened during that day. And then we say a little prayer and then that's the end of our day. And we do it all over the next day. Yeah. So we've talked about a lot of things. So we've talked about how to create a vision um, 15 to 20 years out, how we break those that vision down into different manageable pieces so that we can accomplish it and that we don't feel overwhelmed. And then how do we leverage technology to organize our lives and accomplish those goals that we had defined previously? And then we also talked about how to implement this on a daily and weekly basis. So this is how we do it. This is definitely a, a nice starting point. It doesn't have to be followed to a T. Everyone is certainly different. We definitely encourage experimentation. Mm-hmm. You know, Julie mentioned that she's been using Google Calendar for well over a decade now. And I'm sure that the way you've used, you know, Google Cal- you used Google Calendar back then is very different from how you use it now. So Yeah, technology changes, we change. It's yeah. constantly evolving. Very much an iterative process. So we hope this was a nice starting point for you guys. Um, I know it's a question we've gotten a lot. So hopefully this is helpful. Give you some ideas. Give you some ideas and uh, you can go from there. So with that, Thanks for listening in, guys, and we'll catch you on the next Pursuing Health Pearls. Bye. We hope you learned something from this episode and that you'll consider becoming a Pursuing Health subscriber for less than the price of a latte every month to support the podcast. Given our role as family physicians, Danny and I feel very strongly about our responsibility to remain as unbiased as possible in order to foster trust with you, our listeners, our larger community, and our patients. Therefore, we've made the commitment not to accept any sponsorship or endorsement compensation from industry. Now, because we don't have sponsors, it's only with your support that we can continue to produce and improve the quality of the podcast from this point forward. It's our intention that by subscribing, you'll get back far more value than you give. Subscribers all gain access to exclusive discount codes from companies we trust and use ourselves. This allows us to share quality products and services with our community and pass on the value of our endorsement to you without you having to wonder whether we are getting compensated behind the scenes. Subscribers also have access to our Ask Us Anything forum and podcast where Danny and I answer your questions, as well as our morning five sessions, five minutes of movements programmed to help you jumpstart your day and our other training programs, depending on the level at which you subscribe. Our goal is for you to get back far more than you give with these benefits, and we only intend to increase the benefits to subscribers as time goes on. Visit pursuing-health.com forward slash subscribe to learn more and subscribe yourself. Again, that's pursuing-health.com forward slash subscribe. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health.